0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people
1: today.
2: One more time, give us a pit look. <laughs> God. This is all this is, oh my, it's gotten worse. <laughs>
0: welcome back to that's a gay ass podcast the podcast that asks whose fault is it that you're gay it is me eric williams and this is the week of robbie couch on the podcast a published author gem of a human very sweet very handsome and do not worry the tease is correct we talk about armpits in this episode and some good talk about the pits if you are a pit girl uh, on the pit crew if you will This one's for you. Before we get into it, though, I want to tell you a cuckoo story from this weekend. I was all over the gay map, including a stay at Miss akbar the gorgeous gay bar in silver lake and i was with my friend Corey, whose bold you might recognize from the gay ass podcast instagram sporting the gorgeous character actress sweatshirt which so many of you have bought and it makes my fucking day but i literally was dancing minding my own where i saw this girl go up to Corey and say i love your sweatshirt where is it from I thought I liked watching porn. Hey, Bipes! I love watching girlies check out the gay ass merchies. He literally did a spin, showed her the handle on the back and the rest is her So it's happening, y'all. The merch is taking over and you can go to gayasspodcast.com to get one for yourself. There's character actress sweatshirts. There's also people who made you gay. And I did just add the gay ass character actress hat to the website. So go off, do your thing. I also want to give a shout out to the end of this episode where Robbie and I discuss a movie that does not get its due has been long forgotten but I'm here to bring it back it's the page master do you remember with Macaulay Culkin of course Whoopi Goldberg is a voice of one of the books in it I just when are we having our watch party Uh, I I hope you get to the end of the episode to to dive back into that memory because it is I dare I say one of the best movies of all time so let's get into this week's episode with Robbie Couch. Make sure you follow along at GayAssPodcast. Go to GayAssPodcast.com if you want some merch of your own. And if you do get some in the mail, show me on Instagram. The underwear bulge pick is not required. I swear to God, it's happening now. But if you want to just give me a gorgeous snap, you know I love that too. Enjoy this episode. Keep being you. And happy Virgo season, you nasties. I'm so thrilled to see you, but I'm devastated because I stubbed my toe all of four minutes ago, and it made me feel like I wanted to DIY, to D-I-E, to D-Y-E, to die.
2: (laughs) Okay, I was not following that for a second. I was like, DIY what? Wait, are you okay? Are you, like, bleeding? Do do I need to call the ambulance for you or something? I'm not
0: bleeding. I'm just in emotional distress. But thank you for asking and taking it seriously, and that's a validation that I like to get. All this to say, I'm happy that you are on this podcast, and it makes my stub toe feel like a world away. And thank you for coming on the Sagas Podcast.
2: Yay. I am so happy to be here. And if it helps your toe heal any faster, then I it's worth it, worth it to be here.
0: I think it will. Um, do you have a toe fetish? First question.
2: <laughs> that that was the first question that I expected. Um, I wouldn't say toe f- toe fetish. But I feel like with feet, I used to be like, in my less kink-friendly days, I was that person to be like, ew, you're into feet? And now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, whatever floats your boat, you can lick it, slap it, touch it, go Bop for it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right.
0: I-, I think what we're probably aligned with is that feet are feet and feet are beautiful and we don't shame a foot. And if someone wants to lick a foot, get their foot licked, as long as oh, I yeah. say you haven't walked on... I mean, I don't know, at this point Fire law, ants. Fire glass. ants, glass. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um well I just wanted to get that out of the way in terms of the foot discussion. I'm just gonna check that off the list. Um right. Robbie, congratulations on being a gosh darn star. Congratulations on having a new apartment, congratulations on the book that's coming out. How's the new place looking?
2: Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um it's still a it's a hot mess. It's a shit show. My stuff is everywhere. I did paint this. Can you see this wall? Yeah. I have a new orange wall that I'm feeling good about. She's gorgeous. Yeah, it's like a Southwest terracotta vibe I think Mm. I'm, I'm going for. So I feel good about that. But I'm someone who's very, I've learned this about myself, very susceptible to my environment in terms of like productivity and my mental health. And so to be living out of a suitcase... And I've just been traveling a lot, like I was just in Chicago and Michigan, and then I got back to LA and then had to move. So I've just been like, basically living out of a backpack for a while now. And I'm just like, ready to be settled. So So emotionally, you've been kind of a wreck recently? right i I have been pretty devastated yes the
0: honesty is really beautiful because i'm the same way about my surroundings i think that's why i didn't like sleepovers growing up true like i had a tough time at sleep and you know what like compounded it is that i have a twin brother who was great at sleepovers he fell asleep on the drop of a dime and i was the one sitting with my thoughts until two in the morning thinking i'm not Mm. getting enough sleep i miss my mom but Uh were you were you a sleepover girl
2: that's the thing. I was so now that you mention it. I nor, with my closest friends, I had like two to three like besties that I could do sleepovers with. But beyond that, I would get really nervous. I yeah. would have a lot of social anxiety, and I also was like a late bedwetter. I'm just remembering this now, and that put me on edge because I was like, "Shit, am I gonna like piss all over this person's <laughs> couch tonight?" Wait, what so, does late? What does late mean? Oh, do I don't know if we want to go there. 17 18 no no no. um (laughs) no but it um i think it like i was i was potty trained but it was the sort of thing where it would like happen really randomly like every so often and so it was sort of this unpredictable thing where it's like shit is is tonight going to be the night where it happens yeah
0: yeah yeah would it be would it be dream based or was it just very like random that you were afflicted by the pee witch
2: I think I think it was the pee witch. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was dream based. I think it was just whenever the universe was like, let's destroy this kid's life. Ugh. I would wake up in a puddle of urine. So yeah, right. Where's so that, the Salem pee witch
0: trials when you need them? <laughs> Jesus, get her out of here! I
2: know. I know. Do you know, so, I, I'm
0: glad you said that because now I feel safe in a safe space to tell you that I was mortified in high school. Or maybe even early college to like come home from winter break and then like the wet dream witch got oh, to me. and I never I never had them until all of a sudden like one short period of my life where it was an affliction and, I- and it was dream based I will tell you that much
2: wow okay that's the thing I've never had never, one i don't think had. i don't know i don't know if that's normal if i'm in like the one percent but i've never not that i remember <laughs> or can recall we're
0: protesting against a different one percent now it's the one percent who've never <laughs> right. had wet dreams i just i i think actually you should feel happy about it. It, it it is a thrill the first one or two times to be like oh my god what is my body capable of and also i would literally have sex dreams and then it would and then in the dream yeah. it was getting to a level of hotness that i couldn't you know i couldn't deal mm-hmm. with and then my body would respond in kind and then that wow. part, that's the only fun part of it and then you wake up and you're devastated you're like Got mortified it. you're like i don't yeah. deserve rights it's really <laughs> right, right it's not good so
2: if you ever get one maybe you're maybe you're a late a late <laughs> wet dreamer any day you now i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping i get one but question is it the sort of thing though where because you would think if you are ejaculating mm-hmm. then that would be you know a pretty pleasurable feeling would the orgasm wake you up like i don't know how i would just be able to like my underwear and then just like be asleep for four more hours like i feel like that (laughs) would wake me up i don't know
0: no 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 no. you are correct i do you do get woken quite soon after the the dream itself um the wetting i and that's what happens i think it's like you feel good probably right when it's happening or for me i think i would wake up as it was happening, you'd be like, no, 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 You know, it's like when you try to put water back in a... What's that? What's that saying? That's put like... water back in a
2: jug? I don't know. I'm sure. terrible with phrases. Yeah, putting water back... Or, or, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Putting... Um, Uh, The thing back in the thing, and it's the worst part of a podcast
0: because people listening now know what the thing is, and they're the ones screaming in their fucking cars. Um, there, yeah, it's putting blank in a blank, and that's what it feels like when you're having your wet dream because you're just like, fuck, 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 fuck fuck and then so, like, the good feeling quickly turns, like, as as we've all, and I genuinely wasn't wanting this episode to be fully filthy, but I'm naturally going on this day. But it's like the thing called post nut clarity, where you sometimes, Mm. if you feel a certain type of way after the nut itself, then you, uh, some people, whether it's religiously based, culturally based, familially, they might feel guilt or shame or whatever the fuck it is. And I feel like with my WDs, I was very much, I'm gonna say ashamed i think that's what i felt really? in the moment oh, i think if i had yeah. one now i'd be like fuck yeah my sheets are drenched yeah. but i think at the time i was not i was not like you know fully embracing who i was and what i was at at that time
2: oh for sure especially if what would they always be boys slash men in the dreams or would, they, would it would oh, it be yeah. okay Holy so you're yeah. also like wow that just happened with this person mm-hmm. and i don't know what that means or maybe mm-hmm. i do know what it means but that's still scary yeah, yeah, especially that's, because that's I was i was either
0: at the time pre-out or very – I mean, it was probably pre-out and newly out, so my hormones were just raging. I feel like we don't talk about enough, like, what happens not only emotionally, but also physically when you come out, because you're, like, you're going through a second puberty, kind of.
2: That's very true. Especially, there's, like, a lot of comparisons of, like, because gay people aren't really – well, I shouldn't paint with too broad a brush, but – we're not oftentimes we're kind of starved of our like normal teen years so like we have them in our 20s or 30s or forty, whenever and so yeah I feel like for a lot of gay people myself included you have like periods later in life where you're just like the hormone monsters kick in and you're kind of a raging crazy person for a bit and you're like is this normal to be to be this person nutso. as a 27 year old or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no that is so on top of it
0: and i do want to do a quick reference to something that was so fucking beautiful that you tweeted about your parents who started like a young adult queer novel library at their tiny little
2: church are you joking i know can you tell me just because i'm curious where where did you grow up they're the best or the sweetest. Um, So their church now is in West Michigan in a little beach town right on Lake Michigan, a couple hours outside of Chicago. I know it's pretty great. It's pretty great to visit them because it's like Did you grow up in this small beach town? No. So we I grew up, um, I know the listeners can't see this, but I'm gonna be that Michigan person to raise their hand and point to their hand. hand. Yeah. So in this area, like an hour and a half north of Detroit, outside of Flint area, like the southeast southeast, yeah, southeast side of the state. And it was great. Small town Michigan, Rust Belt, yay. Terrible in some ways, great in other ways. Yeah, I was gonna say it (laughs) it sounds like it must have been a
0: lot of things. But listen, I'm also a Midwesterner, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then they moved to the west side of the state, and it's been it's been so cool. So they go to like a little progressive church. I don't even know what denomination or affiliation it has, but there's a bunch of queer people in the church. They're very accepting. And they partnered with the local GSA to to start a little library. And even just this morning, so I tweeted a few things throughout the past couple of months being like, hey, if anyone wants to – like a lot of authors follow me and vice versa. So I just tweeted out like, hey, if anyone wants to donate their books, that would be so great. And just today, a few more people donated. So I think before we know, yeah, we're going to have like a legit library, a queer when, white library in this Where
0: is the HBO Max documentary about this tiny <laughs> – queer yeah. library in a tiny beachside michigan town it makes me feel so happy to to know that there are communities like that because it's healing as someone who did not know any queer people really growing up in my midwestern yes. era to like hear things like a tiny progressive church in michigan is like right soothing for the soul
2: well not to be Debbie downer but the reason why it was sparked was because we've seen these like right wing book bands and like these, like they're like doing the whole thing where the, the parents are pissed off about like a gay book and the, it's like that sort of situation. And so this idea kind of came to be from the fact that there's been kind of this crackdown on queer stories, especially for like queer stories that have like BIPOC authors or, or like, especially like trans authors. So, so it's so wonderful that People like my parents exist and are doing cool things but it does suck that it's out of necessity because there's not, we're now seeing kind of the pushback to that progress in places like western michigan so that yeah. is
0: not what i saw on the bingo card was like all of a sudden the groom talked to come in it is Ugh. so fucking frustrating and i you know i i think like there's only so much that can be said about just like wow it fucking sucks and thank god for your parents and thank god for those of us and many of us who are living <laughs> as out loud as we can because I do like the optimist in me, the survivalist that needs to be able to like see another day is just needs to know that this is a temporary phase that we're gonna, we're going to prevail. over. Right.
2: I fucking hope so. And it's also like, yes, I'm offended as a queer person. I'm also offended as someone who likes to think of themselves as somewhat creative. It's the same arguments, like this groomer shit that we heard in the seventies and eighties with yeah. like the AIDS of it's like, can you think of like, another way to attack like this is so boring it's go on girl
0: give us nothing with your hate it's like at least go to the writer's room and workshop it and don't write
2: lowest hanging fruit i truly comparing us to pedophiles like really really that's like a 50 year whatever but the best you can come up with uh, i do think that
0: the republican writer's rooms are (laughs) lacking (laughs) yeah they need to step it up step up your pussy get ted cruz out of there hire some let's get a real good fucking writer bitch um Okay, so since we are in this era of your growing up ship, I need to ask you the famous podcast question. Robbie Couch, whose fault is it
2: that you're gay? Who do we blame, (laughs) babe? We, okay, can I have two answers? Is that breaking Uh, the rule? Robbie,
0: you can have whatever you
2: want. Okay, okay. I would say there's an answer that's like, oh... This person is responsible for like one of my earliest like horny moments where I was like, oops, something's going on here. Mm. And that person is a sports illustrated underwear model in the waiting room. Of a hair salon. <laughs> oh my God. And, wait, you're from the Midwest. You know Meyer? It's a Michigan of brand. Of course but I like, know Okay, Meyer. okay. Yeah, Meyer. It's like to anyone listening, not from the Midwest. M E I J E R, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a grocery store slash like sort of a Walmart. I don't know. Yeah. It's mostly a grocery store, but they also do retail. And there was a very high end, very, very fancy salon in the Meyer that we went to one day. I think it was in fourth grade. And I was waiting for my dad to finish his haircut. And so I was just chilling in the waiting room. And, you know, they have magazines laid out. I picked up Sports Illustrated because, like, of course, I'm a boy. What are you going to do? You're going to look at Sports Illustrated. So I was, like, flipping through. And I remember getting to the underwear spread and, like, flipping past it, but then, like, kept wanting to, like, go back and stare at it. And, like, alarm bells were going off a little bit, like – why do i want to do that like that was like my first moment where i was like something's different
0: um wait do you do you re- so with w- the pages that you were looking at was it it was like underwear ads for male underwear or was it like
2: yeah yeah it was just like ripped dudes in i remember specifically gray gray mm. whitey tighties and i was guys, like that's what is it about gray? It. what is it always about gray
0: sweatpants or <laughs> underwear sweatpants, that I honestly am thrilled that you were in fourth grade when this happened, because it really shows you about nature versus nurture. Like, you, this fourth grade child did not choose to obsess over the men in the Sports Illustrated in the Meyer Salon. no, <laughs> no that, was, that was God doing her work. And yes. I, I honestly had not remembered about magazines and waiting rooms, and they were, <laughs> one might call them a trigger as you're a gay child <laughs> growing up. Like, my dad owns a pharmacy, and they would sell magazines, and the oh, way maybe. I would open Cosmopolitan in the aisle hide it behind hide it in front of another magazine and look at they would do this thing about like hometown hunks or something where they would like show a hot man there would be sex stories about how to get your man off and i was like always wondering if one day i'd be able to put an ice cube in my man's butthole (laughs) i wish that's what they said but
2: yes plasma was like the earliest that was like stage one of porn for me i feel like where you could just kind of read the naughty stories and it was usually like for me it was usually like Either my sisters or, like, I would be at a friend's house and it would be, like, his sisters would have a bunch of Cosmos in their room and I'd be, like, flipping through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally hear you. And then my second, can I say my second person? Please. Trini, the Yellow Power Ranger. And I say that because I just loved her. I adored her. And I felt like it was, like, one of those things where, um, and I also loved Kimberly. The Pink Ranger was great, too. But specifically Trini, Yellow Power Ranger. Was one of those moments where it was like, oh, all the boys love the red Power Ranger and the white Power Ranger and the green Power Ranger, and I just felt, you know, a little bit different in like loving Trini. And I had like the stuffed, I had like a stuffed yellow Power Ranger. My parents made like one of those like kids books where you could put your like your kid's name in the book, so it was like, I know, yeah, it was like oh. personalized for me. I felt, I felt this very great bond with trini the yellow power ranger and i was like yeah i'm a homo so yeah.
0: you are a homo and you also chose the i think the power rangers that all of us queer babies yellow and yellow and pink were always I think. I think there was like controversy with we dressed as power rangers for halloween one year and i think i wanted pink but of course i like could not do that um right. i'm reading up i didn't know that her name i forgot her name as the power ranger was um trini kwan
2: yeah, that yeah, that was the that was like the character name.
0: That was yeah. the character, and then but the actor. She, she passed away. She passed away. Yeah, I know. I know. And I know. Wait, so eight I, days before nine eleven. What does that mean? I,
2: well, I don't think it was. Re- I don't. I don't think it was related to. I don't, I don't know think it,
0: I was it was either, Robbie. or oh
2: <laughs> But every t- so, I've tweeted about my yellow Power Ranger adoration infatuate whatever a few times and every single time i do the replies are just people being like she died she died i'm like i know she died we know let me just have this yeah
0: you're you're like i'm a fan babes i know that she's she's passed but god i we we want to thank her for her her work and for her because i I, I, this podcast is now becoming like our fallen heroes because last uh, two weeks ago we talked about olivia newton john's passing and i feel like olivia listened
2: yes jackson's episode jackson yeah i know
0: robbie what a good guy you are but yeah to Trang. we we give a moment for for your work as the yellow power ranger and we want to thank you for causing
2: a lot of gay men
0: to come out to their families
2: correct can i also look at my fucking put stains is this gonna be like this is so bad i don't know are you trying to turn me on no (laughs) no i'm trying (laughs) The air conditioning situation in my new apartment is not okay. So show them again. Show them again. Yeah, <laughs> wow, they're so good. bad. Holy shit! I didn't even see, like. I was like, I bet I'm. I didn't see them until bit. you
0: literally called them out. I truly. Oh well, great, cool. Well, no, no. I can't explain it to you, Robbie. I can't explain it to you, but for whatever i'm not into pit stains i'm really like let me make that clear even though if you are I, I, whoever i support you but something about armpits to me are are quite erogenous you're, you're a,
2: a pit dude
0: a little bit i'm not yeah. like constantly like sniffing and licking in a public space but like if i you know what happened i was hanging out with someone recently who i do find attractive i will say that and he was wearing a tank top and either it was on purpose or he just naturally puts his hand behind his head a lot he kept mm-hmm. we were just like at his house like it was really like a low key hang but i kept getting a glance of the pit and yeah i i was not okay, disliking it pit.
2: yeah is so is it for you is it a visual thing is it a a scent thing is it both
0: it's actually not scent that's a good question okay. i think it's mostly visual i've never cuz i do know someone who's like like, like one time Made a comment when we were out a big old thing. He was like, "Oh, you showered today." I was like, "Sorry about that one," mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's not a same thing. It's definitely. I think it's because visually, it maybe to me like represents. Manliness maybe it represents like ooh, it's a little f- forbidden for me to be attracted to something that like you're right. supposed to be kind of embarrassed about as a kid. I don't know what the full like sociological yeah. study of it is for me, but it it is it is a thing are you do, do you not what is your pit relationship
2: no pits are great pits are great I wouldn't say I have a pit fetish necessarily, but oh I'm, so you're calling, calling mine a, a fetish
0: it, <laughs> you're calling no. me a freak you're telling me to no. join a circus and run.
2: No, 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 no. I think pits are wonderful. I um will say, I feel like pits are in general very attractive, wonderful. But for me, the scent thing is interesting because there's, and I, I I'm a big believer in like the what's the right word, like the pheromone matching yes, stuff. Yes, like yes. I've been with guys that, um, it's it's very. God, I hope my parents aren't listening to this podcast, but for my sister, I'm sorry, y'all, but. I've been with guys that it's it's very uh, it's it's a turn on smells wonderful. Been with guys where it's the exact opposite. So I think that's sort of interesting to like think about like on a very like hormonal level. Like yeah, if you yeah. have if you can match with someone or if there's any like science. I think there is science behind that. I don't know, but
0: I'm sure at some point historically there been, there's been a pheromone study because that is a very that's probably a great way of putting it. Like I have never been like. Please do not shower and let me bathe in your BO. I actually can't stand that smell, but right. the pheromones is a real thing that is smell based.
2: Yeah. And I think there's sort of a difference, right, between like straight up BO and like a general, just like scent of your, like, cause if you just like walk down the block and it's hot out, you're not necessarily like reeking of BO, but yeah, like yeah. you might get up, you might give off a little bit of like a your sweat sweaty smell. N- yeah. So that's like more of the scent, I think. Yeah that i would what the hell am i even talking about i don't know to answer your question pits are great (laughs) and that's the title um i do also
0: want to refer to you since i was talking about hanging out with my my pity friend um you tweeted something that i really identify with schools should teach kids more practical skills that can apply (laughs) when they're adults like how to make new friends in their 30s robbie why did you tweet this
2: because I need more friends in my thirties. I've had so I'm relatively new. Well, I don't know if I can say this anymore because I've been here for over two years, but well, I'm going. Still, to anyways, still newer- yeah. And the pandemic yeah. delayed it all. Exactly. I feel like I moved to LA in the middle of co- what? Well, right at the beginning of COVID. The first year uh. I was here, I was just like staring at my walls. So yeah, like I'm newer to LA. I certainly have friends here. Wonderful people here. But I have those moments where it's like, damn, like, I wish there was just easier ways to, and there's absolutely, there's absolutely ways to make friends. I did the gay kickball thing for a season, shattered my back. And so I was like, <laughs> maybe not doing that. that. That was dramatic. I didn't shatter it. But I did. I was like, I'm no longer at in a position to like run and dive and tackle people well you so, know
0: that i did see also as i've been a follower of yours for a long time you've referred to your sciatica and i want to <laughs> say that you and i are sciatica yep. sisters because sciatica i herniated sisters. a disc like at this point 10 years ago and i deal with it on the reg so Isn't i want to so fun pour one out for you and our, all of our lower back sisters what what did you
2: just playing like fucking tweak her or what happened to your back i need yeah to know. i i think this is my hypothesis. Yes. Well, I hurt my back working out doing some squats in the gym. Hell yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, I left the gym being like, Ooh, I think I tweaked it, but I'm not sure. And then I woke up the next morning, like, could not move, sort of thing. And my back hurt. So it was like my lower right on my right side hurt pretty That's... bad for like a week or so. Uh-huh. Is that yours too? It is. Lower my... right? Fuck. Let what is guess. up with the you, lower right? Let me
0: guess. You played with a hurt back and then you made it worse.
2: Well, I mean, I've done that before. Yes. But in this specific situation, the the situation that sparked the sciatica was it hurt for a week or so. And then once it started healing, then the sciatica like kicked in. I don't it just I don't get bodies. But it kind of started where the actual injury was and then went through the ass, the thigh, the lower leg, down to my toes. It's so great. Robbie, so great! That's
0: sciatica living her full capacity. Do you are you are you a chiropractor girl?
2: I've done the chi- I've gone a, a chiropractor. Um it wasn't for me. I don't want to take a official stance on <laughs> chiropractors because I've heard great things. <laughs> I've heard great things, I've heard not great things. For me, it didn't I've I've gotten way way more benefits from going to physical therapy.
0: I think that that is ultimately, I want to be very responsible here because I have on the record spoken about chiropractors so many times because the videos for me are like, it's a different type of porn that I can't describe. Oh, I they're love, so hot. I love the hot chiropractors and I love hearing the cracks out of bodies. I can't explain, like it's, I don't know, very Adam's family of me, but like I just do. But I've been reading more about it and apparently a lot of chiropractors really aren't doing science and they're just trying to see as right. how many decibels of crack I can get out of your of your human form so like i do think that physical therapy is a responsible thing to do i think it has chiropractic tree has healed a lot of people but you have to be so mindful of it and right and i don't know i have a physical therapist friend who was like you know the y strap where they put the strap around your neck and then they pull the people's the
2: head hor- that looks so and then horrifying. Uh, and then
0: the people's reactions are always like oh my god um <laughs> i'm sorry i just wasn't expecting that and you're like they did have jesus like be ripped out of their asshole like i want oh i've never God. had it done i want it so bad that my friend and her husband were like that is so
2: terrible for you but i think the jury's out
0: i think oh i'm gonna wait and see.
2: wait you want the okay because okay i get why it's satisfying to watch but actually imagining myself in that position like <laughs> cho- like I it's a little cannot... torture chamber us. it really is yeah. a little dr frankenstein Oh, and my so my sister is a doctor, and she is a neurologist She's a neurologist, and when I told her I was going to the chiropractor one time, she was like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Fuck, she's actually see? seen. Yeah, she's. And again, I'm sure there are people listening that are pro chiropractors. I'm not anti chiropractor. I think they've worked great for a lot of people. But to your point, there's enough bad apples in the mix exactly. that if you don't know who you're going to, and like really paying attention to if they know their shit, and not going too hard. Then it could, can, can, yeah, not be great. So, it can
0: and i a hundred percent can tell you this. I, in another life, was a touring actor with a big old musical, and I was playing a role that was like, I know, I my back was had already been injured, so I had to be super careful. I went to a new chiropractor in every city, which is not the smartest thing a person could do, <laughs> but I went to like a fucking butch lesbian in San Francisco who ripped me so. I mean, it was I saw God. It was so good. But then I went to some, oh. of course, straight man in Indiana who just like didn't. It just like did not do the trick right and so i think there are bad apples and i think sure. that it's it's again yeah i think chiropractic at its best can be is that the real word Robbie?
2: i don't know every time i'm about to say it i'm like i don't know what i'm saying i don't know if that's the right word i'm
0: saying with the confidence of someone that
2: is fully a doctor right and i should i feel like people assume that i'm good with words because i'm a writer don't ask me how to pronounce anything how to spell anything don't oh, yeah, that will, must I be I so promise.
0: frustrating as a writer of like Ugh. like like you know what like if a singer says they sing like a sing something if a comedian says they're a co- comedian say it, tell us right, a joke right, right. and with a writer it's like what does this word mean
2: yeah and every like well i'll misspeak or like like fumble my words and people always be like ah oh, you're aren't you an author and i'm oh, like just kill me. lower your expectations i am not i by yes by definition i am but i am not any better with words than anyone lower else your expectation
0: and lower your goddamn voice the way you're asking me to be a thesaurus i cannot that is <laughs> i mean listen i people are people and i right. you know, i just i'm saluting your journey um Thanks. i uh, do want to ask you another podcast question robbie which is mm-hmm. something that needs to be asked is if the world was ending you could only save one character actress who would you save
2: this was tough to think about can i also ask can i also answer with two i know that's probably breaking rules again you can do want. i'll be you quick want. i'll be quick
0: you showed me your pits so you can do whatever you want <laughs> okay hold
3: up what was that
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
2: Okay, I don't know if anyone has said these people before, but Jennifer Coolidge, Love her to death, Mm. I think she is so brilliant and she plays characters who... Are oftentimes very like flighty or like airheaded or whatever. And so there's kind of this assumption that she's not as brilliant as she actually is, but then she does things like the fucking White Lotus and mm-hmm. just like blows your brains out. Um I think she's terrific. I also so Blame for the Win was my second book, and it was loosely inspired by Legally Blonde. And I had to yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, very fun to write. And Aunt Star is a character in my book that was loosely based off of Paulette, which was, like, the most fun character to write ever. And I had to re-watch the film a few times just to kind of, like, you know, familiarize myself with it. And it's crazy because I feel like Jennifer Coolidge, her association with that film is so... Like, she, I feel like she's on par with Reese, like, really, in terms of, like, wh- the difference that she made to the film. Absolutely agree. Right. But then you watch the film and she has, like, ten lines. Like, she is such a secondary character. Really? Maybe more I, than- haven't,
0: I haven't rewatched in a while, but I believe that she is in it less than one would remember. Because think about the, you know, I'm taking a dog dumbass mm-hmm. or um bend and snap or the, the ups delivery guy i mean the, i think some of the biggest parts of the movie that we remember are jennifer
2: exactly S- Central. She's, she steals every scene she's in and t- just to do i feel like to have that ability is very impressive so she's definitely one of them and then the second one i couldn't choose between them was alice and janney who Great. i love 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 everything she's in Blows my socks off. She's great in Mom, although I feel like Mom is like, I don't know, just kind of... It's a great sitcom. but I've never she, seen an
0: episode. Are you mad?
2: Oh, <laughs> no. Because, I, I mean, Mom's okay. I, I'm pro Anna Ferris. I think she's great, too. But I am not the biggest Mom fan. But but Allison is amazing in it. She's... What else has she been in? Uh, Juno. I thought she was great in that. Mm-hmm. She was really good. I don't know if you've I, seen... I, Tanya. I, Tanya. I, like, that. Meme with her fucking <laughs> smoking a cigarette with her accent tank on, saying is it, it you me, like, like, fuck, YouTube fuck, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that is maybe a top five favorite meme um she's amazing Well, I think that. your
0: answer is so brilliant because when you think about Allison Janney, like a lot of like the mom thing like i of course, I've seen like enough of Mom to know what her her vibe is in it, and like I Tanya, it's such a different vibe. you think about Drop Dead gorgeous, and yeah. she is like. And to me in drop dead gorgeous she is like the aunt that everybody wishes they had she's just like right. i mean yeah. see, her relationship with kirsten dunst and that is just like i know it's so beautiful as as silly as that movie is that's a fucking gorgeous relationship of just like your biggest ally who's like close friends are is she is just like close friends with kirsten dunst's mom or are they like Ye- sisters
2: Ye- yeah i think she lives two friends, she lives two trailers
0: down don't don't believe right. her it's
2: just like it's so i yeah i love allison janney with <sighs> all my heart she's the best and she was just on like an hd tv show where they remade. she was i thought I, I was that? gonna reference that too
0: where she it yeah. was like they did the the a friend her of home her or whatever home. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah and she was just so great like i just was like god can we be friends like i want just to hang out with you But, yeah, she's so lovely.
0: A weird connection I just made. I feel like Allison Janney is not only so talented, but a little wackadoo in a way that I think Jamie Lee Curtis is a little wackadoo in real life. I'm just seeing, like, I can just see that sort of wackadoo connection IRL.
2: No, that makes complete sense. Same with, like,
0: I feel like Joan Cusack, too. (laughs) There's, like, these tall tall actors who play these, like, um, they're great actors,
2: and I bet they're just, like... Kind of weird in a way that you love. Kind of weird. Yeah. And like, kind of don't give a fuck that they're weird. Like, just like over it. And I feel like there should almost be a sub genre of character actresses that fit that specifically. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. I don't, it's hard to characterize, but like, 100% get that. Yeah.
0: Would you say that Parker Posey's in that same camp or is she not as wackadoo in real life?
2: Oh, um, maybe not as wackadoo, but I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not quite up to speed with her as much as the other. She's others. more she's
0: more wackadoo of that. She she shops at crystal shops and then gives you like an anth an anthemist. Am, myth, am, oh my god. Don't ask me I'm not, It's I'm an not amethyst. I just amethyst. I, there we go. I just reverse. Um it's yeah, she's the one that gives you like an amethyst dream catcher gift, and whereas the other ones are like gonna bring a kind of bad casserole, but you're gonna love it anyways. <laughs> That's how I feel. Right. Oh my
2: god. you're like absolutely. You,
0: you are your net worth is what? And casserole has what? Um, <laughs> oh I think I think we found out something there in terms of the the character actress.
2: Yes, listeners, come up with your like best ant character actress ants character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy ant character actresses. Right.
0: I do want to say that. A very exciting thing for me with this podcast is that I put out merch recently, and of course, the thing that is being sold the most is the sweatshirt that says "character actress" on it. And because of the <laughs> booming success of you know fifty thousand people owning their character actress sweatshirts, I am uh, putting out a character actress hat. I'm just gonna fucking
2: become the character actress merch girl. I fucking love that. What Wait, else do you want? It did fifty thousand people actually buy it? No, Robbie. Oh, like- I okay. I'm sorry. But what if but, but one day I was just want to say that's a fuck ton of shirts that you sold. I'm sorry. That means okay. that means I would
0: have but, been Oh god, yeah, yeah. You could have yeah, yeah. That's called retired. manifestation, babe
2: yeah yeah yeah. well i will buy one i'm gonna as soon as this recording ends i'm gonna go buy my own there you go everyone robbie
0: couch is gonna be laid out with a character actor sweatshirt there's also um i'm putting character actor's hat on the thing so i just think i don't know i think we should be we should be representing our mascot in in any way possible so maybe you'll get what other what (laughs) other type of clothing would you wear with the worst character actors on it
2: god i don't I don't understand LA fashion in general so I don't I don't know what what I could wear with that I don't know what's allowed what's not allowed but someone I think, someone DM me they wanted a, a jock strap Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what's hotter than you know hooking up with someone they take off their pants and across their penis is character actress no i'm picturing it on the back strap oh on the back strap right and then right. they okay. pull yeah, it yeah. while you're doing doggy yeah character actress yeah that's speaking of kink that's pretty kinky that's pretty kinky that's pretty character kinky. actress jock
0: well stay tuned to the GayAsPodcast.com for <laughs> the character actress um jock <laughs> oh, no um Lord. i do i do need to ask you something else that's Speaking of LA lifestyle, the fashion I find to be quite relaxed, but I'm very interested when I'm meeting new people now that I'm meeting more and more people that are taking social media breaks and you took one in July and I want to know what your takeaway was.
2: Yeah, I had a a wedding in Chicago and I had family time in Michigan after that. So I was going to be gone for like three weeks or so and I just Mm -hmm. kind of, I also had a few things in my life where it was like career stress hitting the fan, personal stuff hitting the fan. like. From a mental health perspective, it was like everything in my life just kind of hit the van at the same time. Yeah. So it felt like, okay, this is the perfect time to just delete the apps, get them off my home screen, just be able to focus in the moment at my friend's wedding and just be with my family in northern Michigan and just try to detach, you know? Ugh. And I will say it was, it was tricky. I would say the first week or so was actually so hard to the point where I was like, I think I have to just fucking download Twitter again because I'm losing my mind. And you have the social media FOMO and like, it's just, it feels it sounds so like withdrawals. I really, it is. I, feel, I feel like you kind of go through this process of like feeling left out, feeling like you're not up to speed on things. And then after that. Like by the time it was because I was telling myself like, okay, by August, I'll get back on at some point. And I think I got back on like August 3rd or 4th or something. And it was like, I did it kind of begrudgingly because I was like, I don't even know if I, I I kind of hit that point where it felt so nice to Mm -hmm. not be online. But I do think there are very clearly benefits to social media, of course. For me, it's so cool to talk to readers and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like, There's very great benefits to it, but it was really nice to just be like, all right, shutting this down for a bit.
0: It's a very fine line between using it in a productive, positive way and I think in a way that you find yourself mindlessly scrolling. And it's been a big topic in my household recently because I'm genuinely meeting new people I'm becoming good friends with, one of whom is not on any social media platform and my ideal i think ideally i would be off of it all but again i do really enjoy i've met so many great people i've like listeners of this i've messaged with that are so nice and like and enjoy creatively putting out things that i really feel like fun to do but on the other side it is it sometimes it's hard to feel as present as you want to be when you are feeling that you're maybe not posting enough or that you are i don't know it's it's I don't want to feel tied to it. Yeah,
2: it's a mindfuck. And there's also the elements of like, how much of it is performative versus yes. your truly authentic self, which is yes. something that I've wrestled with. And like, is it okay to kind of be performative at times? Because it's like, people know it's performative. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, there's just so there's so many like, nuances to this conversation that just, I don't know, I think we will look back 50 years from now, or maybe even like 10 years from now, and look at I mean we're kind of doing this already, where like studies are showing the effects of social media and just mm-hmm. like how much it can be detrimental to mm-hmm. your health. And so I feel like we're just now scraping the surface of knowing how much this is really fucking with all of us. That makes so, me tummy. Yeah.
0: That makes me tummy nervous. Yeah.
2: Not to like and this podcast on a bad, but that's like the, I feel like we're kind of yeah. Well,
0: thank you for being on. Where can people follow you? I'm kidding. Can you imagine that's the end of the podcast? Um, <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, what's your handle? <laughs> I know. So follow Everyone, please, Robbie yeah. Oh follow Follow, subscribe, do not miss any of his posts. Turn on notifications to be tied to your phone at all times.
2: Oh my god. Yes, let's change this up a bit quick so that when we get to that point, it won't seem as this is hypocritical. Yeah.
0: There was something that I... It's so hard, Robbie, because... The topic of finding new friends, I think is a very real thing, especially in your thirties. And uh, people have heard me say this, that since I moved to LA like nine months ago, I've made a huge priority to actually say yes more and like really meet. And, And it's, and it's changed completely how I was acting when I lived in New York. And. It is tricky, but also really freeing to like pretend to be someone that I'm not in a way that's like the better version of myself, which is like looking into the fear. And so, what I'm saying is tricky about this is like, Robbie, I'm going to be inviting you to to shindigs, and I would love to be our friends.
2: I um, I just my heart just skipped a beat. I would love that so much. Please, this can't just be talk. it's not talk i'm a a
0: girl that yeah i'm a girl that puts the action also let's um let the world know that my birthday is next month i'll be having a little uh hangout and you're gonna be there I'm there. One million percent. I mean, I hope I don't... And please make sure you tag me. I'm kidding. Um, Okay, so um, with that being said, Robbie Couch and Eric Williams are new IRL friends brought together from That's A Gay Us podcast. um, Can you talk to us about, and I genuinely am inspired by your career, your writing. It is just, of course, the conversation we're talking about with like queer writing and career books and culture being sort of attacked can you like for the girls that want to embark on a journey that whether it's writing whether it's creating whether it's even just a different career that feels like so- sort of hard to to break into can you tell us the elevator pitch of how you ended up being this amazing published author
2: yeah i mean thank you my ego just got much bigger appreciate that um So my background had been more in like a bit more traditional media. I don't want to call myself a journalist. I wasn't a journalist, but I did work at like HuffPost. I was a writer at Upworthy. I interned at Hearst at Oprah Magazine for a hot second. So I came from a bit more conventional media trajectory. And then I think I just got to the point I had always wanted to write a book. And I got to the point in my late 20s where I was just like, you know what? I want to fucking do this. I'm going to put my head down, come up with a premise. And early on, I actually had it like a very, very early draft of the Sky Blues had a straight girl character instead mm-hmm. of a gay boy character. And I think I just subconsciously was thinking this book is going to sell better or be more marketable and have access to mainstream commercial markets if it's a straight character. Wow. Again, didn't consciously make that choice. But I had a few conversations with people where it was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, this is my whole, this is my whole thing. Like I want to tell more stories that center, queer kids queer stories and have books and film and series that i didn't have growing up i don't know about you how old are you turning by the way next month next week next month would you say next month how dare you ask me my is age is that ba- i'm pro it's just, not bad at all I'm okay, pro okay as well i also will okay. talk
0: about money more than people are comfortable with um just like the fifty-five thousand shirts that i've sold um <laughs> i turn 33 next month
2: oh sweet i'm 33 yay okay this is meant this is meant to be okay it's m 2 wait why did i ask you that I don't, I don't know. I don't like, fucking know. I got distracted. I was talking about no, yeah, you were talking about you wanted to center queer voices and... Oh, right. So growing up, we didn't like... I mean, there were there were certainly some gay characters. There was like... But will not embraces, a lot. But not a lot. And they were also very... Like the quality of the representation sucked oftentimes. And so, yeah, I just kind of was like, let's, let's start to rework this. And I'm by no means like the trailblazer. There was certainly like queer authors that came before me many years before me that have been doing this work for a while. Mm-hmm. But I do think I'm a part of like the first kind of big wave of queer authors writing queer YA and that's really cool to see it kind of enter this commercial market in a way where you can walk into a Barnes and Noble and see like a pride display in the YA section that's just like who could have thought that would be a thing 20 years ago so oh fuck yeah I think that's so so magical Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. What was yeah, the question? Yeah, I mean, you, you basically were
0: working, uh, Huffle, oh. all these other things, and then you yeah, yeah. buckled down. And what I think you did that I, that I'm really trying to do with this one life is that if you want to do something, you literally Nike just do it, and then you see what happens from the doing of. And yeah. I, will say that the part that i don't know about your story that i'm interested in is that you can okay, you buckle down I, you're like no i'm not going to make it this straight girl hero character i'm going to make it this gay boy how did you was it like you okay i've got a draft or i've got a pitch and then did you like blast her or did you like use the connection like how did you get
2: yeah, from point a to I, point b so i kind of went the, more, the i guess the more conventional traditional route where wrote the manuscript. I very much advise people to have other people read it, whether they're like other writers or even just your friends or your like just have eyeballs on it. I was terrified to do that because I was like, "This is such a mess. This is so shitty. I'm scared." It's so weird because I came from a more general like media background where like a million people could read an article I wrote for UpPost and I wouldn't bat an eye, mm-hmm. but this was just so much more personal to mm-hmm. me. I was so scared to let anyone read it. So I just started pitching agents and got a literary agent, shout out to Mo, at Bookends Literary in 2019. And then Simon & Schuster bought it in late 2019. I don't even, the time, what is time? But, um, so yeah, I guess that yeah, I got, I kind of went the conventional route up. Of-
0: Adrian, Ugh, publisher. It's so good. It's so inspiring because you know what you did is you just fucking took the bull by the, the gay bull by the rainbow horns and you rode her <laughs> to did. literary heaven. And here yes. you are to tell the tale. And it turns out many tales. And one of those tales is your book, If I See You Again Tomorrow, which is coming out in April of next yes. year. And so everyone needs to pre order that fucking book because, please, truly, I'm not just saying this. I'm very, very inspired and I might have some. Book stuff to come out of my own that I'm going to be asking about when we finish recording. Oh so, my uh, god! That's a, little, that's a little teaser there, um, Robbie. Okay. I unfortunately have to end this episode, even though I want to continue to Kiki. But we'll we'll do it IRL yes. before we before we end this episode. One question I have for you that I did not prep you on, Robbie Couch. What is the best Whoopi Goldberg film?
2: Oh, <laughs> I would probably say uh, the best Whoopi Goldberg. Film. Oh my God! Well, I loved Rat Race. I just <laughs> loved her in Rat Race. Do you know this? Did you watch Rat Race?
0: I have watched Rat Race, and this I mean, is why I you are Sister iconic.
2: Act. I want to say subtract I could say Ghost, but
0: there's a very specific person that says rat race on this podcast and i'm a huge fan of that specific type of person and i do think it's good i do need to absolutely reference something that someone uh messaged me on the gay Ass podcast instagram is did you ever see especially as a writer did you ever watch the page master when you were a kid
2: oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: the page master sure. is not only such a good movie but whoopi goldberg voices like a horny book in it and i, I it,
2: don't think i knew that or you probably that. didn't
0: know or didn't remember and i'm not kidding i want to have like a group viewing page master sesh. it really was one of my favorite movies as a kid and i haven't watched it since i was a kid and lord knows how i'll get my hands on it but i think uh, it's a whoopee it's a whoopee film that does not get discussed a new
2: did you say she played a she voiced a horny book
0: horny book i did
2: okay well now that's yeah let's do a, a viewing party because i oh, need to see that
0: and then everybody dresses as hey. their favorite horny <laughs> book
2: <laughs> my god i love that yeah that was such a good and wasn't like the I member just being like the library, the library was, so was like, gorgeous insane. and isn't it's um
0: macaulay calkin as a oh, right. kid that then becomes yeah, yeah, a yeah. cartoon yeah. And yeah 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 it's it is such the moment. A classic
2: am i just sweating so bad you so look sorry. great okay. you look all great right. all right um, i'll stop talking about my sweat <laughs> one more time give us a pit look. God. This is, this is oh my it's gotten worse. It looks great. It looks great.
0: I, I'm a huge fan. Um Robbie, where can people follow
2: you? Um at Robbie Couch on everything, I think, except I think there's a under there's a little underscore thingy majig between my name on Twitter. But and hopefully listen. that should throw you off
0: it won't throw them off and if anybody here needs to take a social media break you are supported in that and when you're back wow. on follow robbie whenever you feel that you want to connect and because um, robbie i can say this as a follower of yours is a great follow so robbie thank you for coming on the guest podcast and i'll see you soon
2: oh my god thank you for having me this was so fun